show can be a little gay but if you're not that's okay you can listen and have fun either way Xena Star Wars Doctor Who guests and music and reviews Game of Thrones Winona too we promise there's something for you she nerds out we're girls that like girls that like dirty things Hello and welcome to the She Nerds Out podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Wendy. And I'm Tara. Well, today's a special episode. Very, very special episode. Um, not sure how this has happened, but it's happened. It has. We have a very special guest. <laughs> On our birthday. Kat's <laughs> still a little speechless, On our birthday. I our one year. That's true. Anniversary. Mm-hmm. And what a better way to celebrate than with Kat Burrell. I feel like after this episode, maybe we're just re- going to retire. Like, how <laughs> this do we, is the way I want to go out. How do we top you? this? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Here's Caporal. Well, guys, it's a huge honor to welcome our very special guest. She's not only a talented actress, she's a filmmaker. She's a Canadian treasure. She also happens to play the iconic character of Sheriff Nicole Hot on Winona Earp. She's smart, she's funny, she's talented, and she's back to being a redhead for now, anyway. It's Kat Burrell. Yay! 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 <laughs> that is so cute. What a lovely intro. Thank you. Of course. Uh, no, thank you, Kat. This, uh, this is a huge honor. We um, are so excited to talk to you. So I wanted to get this one question out of the way. Um, I think everyone listening at home is dying to know, Kat, how's Bernie doing? He's literally on my lap as oh, we speak. Yay. Oh, yeah, hey, he Bernie. He came up here. I, I moved rooms and he came up and he followed me up and I, I'm sitting in my chair and he, he gave me his, can I come into your lap? Oh, amazing. And so, yes, it's very lovely. We actually currently have a, our, our neighbor is a, um, is a police officer, so he's doing a whole bunch of crazy shift work, and none of the doggy daycares are over, so we also have his dog with us. She's also an Aussie, but she is a full, big Aussie, so she's uh, she's also keeping him very busy and entertained. So he's, I think he's exhausted from following her around all day. <laughs> That's a good problem to have, though, right? Yeah. yeah, oh my gosh, it's great because they've closed all the dog parks in Toronto, so now it's like... I don't know what to do with these active dogs. So it's good. They kind of just follow each other around the house all day and that keeps them really entertained. So, and yeah, so he is great. Thank you for good. asking. And, and we should probably ask about Ray too. Are you guys, is everybody good? <laughs> Team Beretti is good. Yes, he's good too. He's good too. He's, uh, he's, we've been, uh, you know, it's funny because we're talking to some of our friends during this kind of lock lockdown. I guess, I don't know if Ontario where I am is officially locked down but the city like everything's closed the parks are closed there's like caution tape around all the jungle gyms oh wow there is um yeah like kids aren't allowed to use the jungle gyms the dog parks are closed so we're not locked down like legally we can still go outside but we can't really do anything so um so it's uh he's good though so it's funny we've been talking to some of our friends who are much more used to like a structured nine to five kind of lifestyle and there, I think we're finding it a little easier for Ray and I because we're so used to, like, we have no routine in our lives because we both are self-employed and work in the arts. So it's like every day is always different. Sometimes we don't see each other for a month, and then sometimes we spend a week literally at home together all the time. So we're pretty good at, like, adapting to the uncertainty, which I think has, has really helped in this strange time. So we've been doing okay. We're, we're not bad at social isolating. Distancing. Isolation? I don't know. <laughs> Both work. Distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's doing great. Yeah, he's he's keeping himself busy with some of his projects. And it's so funny. I have a whole list of things that I need to get done written down on my little whiteboard in my office area. And uh, across, I think the list has like, uh, looks about like at least 12 things on it. I think I've done two and I've been <laughs> for two weeks. So I don't know how that happened. But are you guys finding it hard to like motivate yourself even though you're at home because we're not busy? So it's sort of like this, oh, I can do it later type of thing. Absolutely. 
Same. Well, actually, all three of us are still kind of working. So one of us, one from home, two of us are actually still have jobs that we've been going to. So it hasn't changed a whole lot. Yeah. And I'm, I'm working from, I'm working from home and I'm annoyed because I can't focus on more fun stuff. So this work thing keeps getting in the way. (laughs) Yeah. It always seems that way. Like what fun stuff would you do? Like fun things like this or fun things like like Zoom meetings or what would you do? Uh, probably a lot. I'd get a lot more reading done. Uh, I'd, mm. I'd catch up on some binge watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem too impressed with that. <laughs> it's not like there's anywhere it's you can go yeah. right now. So yeah. yeah. But no, it is true. It's it's nice to, it's such an unusual thing to have time. You know, we almost, I always say it's so funny. So I've always, I found myself saying to myself, I wish the world would just shut down for three days so I could just like, Get all this shit done, and I'm like, oh. So, you, <laughs> so you did this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it always seems more fun when you're doing something else than you want to do nothing, and then yeah, then when you have the time to do nothing, then you just keep yeah, doing exactly. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cat, you play an iconic uh, cop. Nicole Hot is yes. this iconic character. And I, I, I know I've, I've seen and read in interviews that you've done that you were concerned when you first auditioned for the role because you didn't think you were the, the cop type. Um, yes. But obviously, you know, you, this character is kind of proving that there is no type, uh, you know, that, she, you know, you, you, you have become through this character such an iconic, uh, you know, member of law enforcement, uh, mm-hmm. if you will. So what kind of response have you gotten from women in law enforcement? Mm, that's such a great question. Um, it's been so overwhelmingly positive. I'm actually looking at right now in my office space, I have these three little kind of, um, display cabinet things that hang on the wall and inside of them, I have some of the things that I've received from fans and I sort of like rotate them around, um, so I can enjoy them. And inside these cases live these challenge coins. And a challenge coin is something that someone who works um, in law enforcement will give someone else in another, um, in another, um, not department. What's the word I'm looking for? Jurisdiction? Like Occupation? Jurisdiction. Yes, jurisdiction. jurisdiction. Oh, Thank one. you. <laughs> um, and it's sort of like, um, I, so I've been given these beautiful challenge coins over the year. Actually, here, let me walk over it. Let me read which ones I have in here. Um. Let's see. I've got, and they're so beautiful. So one is, here's the Orlando Police Department. I've got um, Office of Criminal Investigation, Kansas City. Hmm. I've got, um, what's this one? This one here is uh, U.S. Postal Inspector Service of New York City. Wow. Um, I've got, I've got so, so many of them here. They're amazing. Hmm. Um, what's this? And then that, I have one. Um, it's actually from the army. So it's a, Hmm. it's a U.S. military challenge coin. And, um, as it's been explained to me, like you give it to someone, it's an honor to, um, I'm not going to read them all out. I have more, but, but the, um, the point is it's, it's an honor to receive, um, a challenge coin. And usually you don't give it to someone who isn't an officer themselves. Um, so I've considered that like when I receive them, just such an high honor because I think a lot of women feel really, um, a lot of people feel really seen through Nicole, especially because we don't see a lot of cops who, who have a, you know, who can show their softer side too. I think Nicole is, is such a like soft person and she's a vulnerable person. And I think that's a character trait that we don't see in a lot of cops portrayed in the media. Um, and then also, of course, being like a proud gay woman, we also don't see that kind of representation and a cop in the media. So I think just a lot of people coming to me and seeing how much the character has inspired them, how they finally saw themselves. I mean, that's the highest kind of compliment you can get. And um, so those challenge coins are really some of my favorite things I've ever received. And I and I look at them, you know, almost every day. Um, and I just find it really inspiring that, that these people have seen have seen themselves and, and love Nicole and, and she makes them feel, um, special and valued and important. Um, 
And then I've also received the, you're holding your gun wrong, your badge is wrong, but it's <laughs> the most lovely, amazing way. Constructive um, criticism. Like so sweet and so kind. Um, and that's been really fun because I've been able to go back and sort of learn because in season one, I didn't... Um, I didn't know how to hold a gun and I missed the, um, the shooting training cause I got, I wasn't in episode one. So I didn't know anything about how to be a police officer at all. And, um, I it was really a learn as you go sort of scenario. So it's been really fun. I mean, even just this year when I went at the beginning of season four to the shooting range, I learned that I'm not supposed to stagger my feet when I shoot. Hmm. Cause I always thought I'm more comfortable putting like one foot in front of the other and kind of having a staggered stance. But apparently oh. you're supposed to put them square. That's huh. more of a cop thing, which just feels so weird and uncomfortable to me. But they say it's because uh, the way it was explained to me is you don't want the bullet to hit the side of your body armor. Cause that's the weak point. You oh. want it to hit the, like breastplate the, the, uh, on your chest if you get shot at. Hmm. So all these things, like I'm just learning all the time, but it's been really fun to have people come up to me and go, you know, not holding your gun properly or your, your, oh gosh, what are some of the other ones I've gotten? I got them more the, at the beginning of, uh, between season one and two. That's when I got the most. And then I feel like we, maybe we improved slightly hmm. or people just let it go. I'm not <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> so uh, one of my best friends is a, uh, she's a police officer with the Dallas Police Department. And as, Amazing. A, as a birthday present, I got to go on a ride along. <gasps> have you ever, Kat, have you ever gone on a ride along? Yes, I did. I went on a ride along during season three with the Calgary Police Department, actually. And it was amazing. How many people I did, did you arrest? <laughs> did I arrest? I arrested no one. Oh. I was not allowed. <laughs> okay, sorry. Did you? How many people did you? Uh, zero. You were arrested. You were zero. in the back That's of the right. car. That's why That's you right. got the ride along. So did you get to go in the car? Yeah, I was in like, the car. I was so in. The, you were in the car. So I was in the the uh, what did, shotgun seat. Oh my goodness! I had to sit in the back. Oh really? Oh wow! <laughs> yes. Well, also because there was two. I was with two officers, so they were both in the front. Got it. And they were these really like oh my gosh they were these really. They were like wilderness dudes, like the <laughs> definition of hunting and fishing. And like in nowhere in Canada are you going to find that more than in Alberta. It's like such a cowboy town. Mm. But um, yeah, we did. I did 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. So I did a 12-hour shift with them. Mm. And um, they gave me like a little observer vest. And I got to go in like a, I went on a house call with them. There was um, there was a call, like a sexual assault call that we went on. And mm. I got to like kind of go when they were talking to the person who made the call and see how they questioned them and, and um, how, you know, how they dealt with that situation and what the follow-up was. And we found a bunch of stolen cars. It was amazing to me how much they did in one night. Hmm. We were like, what are we going to do now? So they pull up their next kind of call on their dash. Right. Or if there was nothing, we'd like go around and look for stolen cars. And what I didn't realize is they're just like running plates constantly while they're driving. Hmm. I don't know if you had that experience, but, but, and we found like a, a surprising number of stolen cars in one night. I was shocked. <laughs> wow. Um, we, 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 um, picked up a couple people who were intoxicated and brought them downtown. We, um, like it was an incredible experience to just see, see how they work. But also the thing like my actor brain was looking for was like, their mannerisms and how they work with each other and their body language and how they talk to people. And, you know, and some of the stuff I was like surprised at and, and, um, it really did inform, I wish I had done it sooner because it did inform me so much. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing they didn't make you ride in the back with the intoxicated people, right? <laughs> they let you sit in the front. No, for no, that? no. Okay, there, was good. Like a, there was like a back <laughs> seat and then there was a, um, like a, a barrier. Like a holding. Oh, holding. Good. Okay, good. good. I just pictured him like, <laughs> like all right, scoot over, cat. We yeah, got yeah, this yeah. drunk guy we got to take downtown. <laughs> did you, no, did no, you guys, was... did you respond to a call with lights and sirens? Yes. Oh, and yeah. it was really exciting. How much fun is did that? Did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it's like it the, was fun. the adrenaline is just pumping. Yeah, it really is. And what's amazing to me too is how much they, their adrenaline goes too. Like you would think after doing it a while, you would sort of 
I don't know. I mean, obviously they're way more calm than I was, but like I was nervous the whole time I was nervous. But that was also because there's just so much going on. What else did we do? We went to the forensic a forensics lab in Calgary. Um, not I didn't see anything, but they just kind of took me there and took me to the intake. Oh, you know what else I did? They took me to the 911 call center. That was fascinating. Hmm. Getting to watch, just learn about the center, learn how they screen all the calls, what the process is when someone calls in about different things. I got to talk to a 911 operator about how they, like, they're essentially like their form of triage, like how they screen the calls and where it goes to. And, and, um, just also like how they protect the building. Because if you think about it, if you want to take down a city, you got to take out the 911 call center. Oh, wow. Interesting. I never right? thought about and that. And that was something I've like never thought about <laughs> before, but it makes total sense. <laughs> Good advice. Like, if you want to completely disable a city, hmm. you take out their, you take out their emergency call center. Yeah. So it was like these crazy things that I had just never thought about. And I, I felt so privileged and so lucky and um, to, to be able to, to, to go and witness all this stuff because I just felt like, I mean, it, it informed so much for me. I learned so, so much. And then there's also this, you know, it, I work on a TV show. I mean, it's not, and it's not a cop show, right? Like it's, I'm just a cop on the show, but it's not like I'm on a, you know, a NYPD blue or something like it's, you know, so, so it's, and it's a fantasy show. It's a sci-fi show. So, of course, we have stuff that's not going to be accurate. And, and it's a small town. So we're doing things a little differently. Um, but it was a very, very interesting experience. And I've been so. a 911 dispatcher. And I never thought about protecting our building. Uh, I mean, Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. The, the strangest call I can remember is a man dressed as Spider-Man in a tree wielding a knife. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And on the slower nights, it, it was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so it went from there, you know, that was, that was the high. Then the low was the, some of our officers had to chase chickens and round up chickens and shoo them back to their, um, property. Where do you live? (laughs) That's when I lived in the Dallas area quite a while ago, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It was exciting times. (laughs) Never a dull moment with that job. Oh God, that's for sure. So somehow we've gone this far in the interview and have not once said the word way hot. How is that possible? <laughs> is that a record? I think it is. <laughs> uh, so when you and I think I read somewhere where you, I do a lot of reading, Kat. Um, when you and Dom first, when you realized that you were going to become this ship, essentially, you guys were, it was very yeah. important to the both of you to how, how the, the relationship would be portrayed and how, you know, uh, your characters would relate to each other. So, d- you know, did you, you sort of had, a, obviously you had a discussion, but what was, did you guys have like specific plan? What was, you know, what was, what was important to you guys? And, you know, what did you guys, you know, kind of come up with as far as your, your motivation? Well, going back to season one, we really genuinely didn't know any of this was out there for us. We were just wanting to to portray a beautiful relationship that felt truthful and where the moments all felt earned. Um, We were even not, like, neither of us really had been in the sci-fi world before. Neither of us knew anything about ships. Um, or cons or like anything. We've, we had no idea. And um, so I think for us, it was just coming from a very genuine place of, you know, we, we know that this is a special relationship. We know that we don't get to see a lot of, um, of, of like female love relationships on TV, of queer relationships on TV. We want to make sure that this relationship is treated with the same amount of respect as any other relationship and the same amount of authenticity. And that was really just the driving factor for us is we just, we wanted it to feel real, but we also never really thought about the fact that it was like, Oh, this is a gay relationship. We thought it was, was just, we loved our characters and we wanted to do a great job um, at portraying, you know, their incredible arc because we just loved the script so much and, and this sort of idea that they were destined to be together. So in season one, it really just, the, the the conversations were just about that of like, does that feel real? Hmm. Like how, how, like, do you feel like this moment is landing right? How do we want to treat this? And then since then we've continued to have those conversations and depending on what the scene is, those conversations might include Emily or they might include the director. 
if it's like a intimate scene that we want to really make sure. And I think over the seasons too, we've, we've taken a lot more ownership over those scenes because I think in the beginning, you're sort of looking to the director a lot more because it's new for you and it's new for them. But now because we are so, um, we know these characters so well and we've spent so much time cultivating the relationship, talking about the relationship, meeting with the fans, um, and then knowing what the relationship means on a sort of on a bigger level for people. Um, I really do feel like we've really taken a lot of ownership and a lot of the directors too are recurring directors on the show and will really defer to us for our thoughts on a lot of stuff, which is fantastic. Not even with the way hot stuff. I mean, with a lot of things Our you know, our amazing costume designer is always like, there's been you know several costumes where I've gone, I love it, but it's not Nicole. Hmm. Um, you know, and it's always a compromise. Sometimes it's like, well, the network really loves it or Emily really loves it or, you know, we really want her to be in something like this. So we find that happy medium. But what I love about working on the show is it's just such a creative dialogue with everyone. And there's such an, a, a trust that we've built over all these years that um, and just a knowledge of our characters. And, and everyone really knows that, like, we know the character. And if something doesn't feel right to us, then it's probably not the right beat to play. Um, so that, yeah, but it really, in the beginning, it was just us wanting to truthfully show a beautiful relationship that we both immediately fell in love with. Um, and, and since then it's definitely evolved into like a greater purpose for sure. But also when we're shooting, we do try to go back to that season one kind of innocence or that naivety, I guess, of not knowing because we don't ever want to be doing something because we think the fans will go crazy over it. Although that we like love that, of course, and we'd love people to be happy over the choices and the character journey. But we always try to play the script and play what the writers have written and play the journey truthfully. Um, and that's kind of always the first priority. Does that, did I answer your question? You, you did <laughs> and wonderfully. Awesome. So obviously Dominique uh, just celebrated her 30th birthday. She, she, yes. she is the, the way to your hot. Um, and she did it in such a beautiful way to celebrate. You know, she, she released a statement on her website, Start the Waves, explaining sort of her, her coming out journey and how, how playing White, Waverly Earp was such kind of a big part of that. Not, not only because of the character's own journey, but because of all the fans in the community that she was exposed to. You know, she wrote it beautifully and you know, obviously the, the, the fans have responded with a lot of love and support as a friend of hers. I'm sure, you yeah. know, watching this, watching her go through this journey must have been sort of a very, very exciting thing to be able to witness. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, I don't want to speak too much on it because it's not like my journey to talk about. And I don't want to take that away from her. But I just as a friend and witnessing it, I'm just so glad because I know it's something that she's really wanted to talk about for a really long time. And I think that her, you know, she's just, I've watched Dom go through such a crazy transformation in the past five years, um, from where we started to where we are now. And like, just her journey through life has been so wild and crazy and inspiring. And I've lived so many moments vicariously through all of her adventures. And I think just, just, you know, I just want her to be happy and feel peaceful and I'm just so happy that that she was you know wanted to write that and felt like it was the time for her to to write that and share it with everyone and I just feel really like just great for her because I know it's brought her a lot of peace and and I think it was something that I mean, we've always been really open with each other over the years and we've had lots of discussions together over the years. And I'm just really excited that she was in a place where she wanted to talk about that with a wider scope of people, especially considering the fan base that we do have and the conventions that we go to. And um, yeah, I think it's wonderful. I'm really, I'm really just, I want to say excited, but I also just feel like peaceful for her, but I don't know how, what the word is for that, but I feel like her kind of, her settling into this next chapter of her life, if if that makes sense. Awesome. All right, uh, Kat, well, I want to switch gears a little bit because as someone who has directed 
uh, films myself. I've watched your short films and I've got to say, I'm very impressed. Like you, I see (laughs) you. I, yeah, I love, you know, here's what's smart. Uh, Tara and I actually did a film, a feature film, like a massive thing when we were living in separate States. (laughs) And it was like, there were days where, where you're just happy to get stuff done before the sun goes down. And I, I like that, you know, I liked watching your, your short films. The next time I ever do anything is going to be a short film. But, um, because that was oh a lot. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you did a feature. Are you crazy? Yes. We decided we were. It, yes. It was um, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It, <laughs> action and all sorts of mess with lots oh. of people. And, it yeah, that's the thing. It was huge. But um, one thing I noticed, too, about, like, the films that I watched with you, it seemed like you definitely have an interest. Like most of them seem to revolve around like relationships of some sort, like with your own self, your own inter mm-hmm. inner inner workings of your mind and emotions or with other people. Um, is that something you definitely, that that's an interest to you as opposed to like, you know, Hey, let's cause you know, like action or the plot driven. It's more of like, Hey, human experience, human emotion and, and you know, what's going on with people in various relationships. Yeah. I think, I have a really active inner mind. Um, and I think, yes, you're dead on. One of the themes that keeps on coming up in my work is this idea of inner voices or separate selves. And I'm not sure. I've always been really fascinated with like the idea of reincarnation and the idea that we could come into this world with a pre-existing spirit And that we might bring some really repressed memories from past lives with us. And there's a lot of chatter inside of us. And there's also like, I think I've always been fascinated with the idea of metamorphosis because I'm an actor and because I work, I've, I've, you know, spent so much of my life around artists. I think the idea that you can, you know, how can, how can someone portray a character so well and so authentically, but not be that person in real life. And I think we all pull on, there's always an element of pretend, but then there's always this way that we find like the universal human truth. Um, because I feel like all of us, when you really boil it down, kind of feel the same things. And, um, so I've always had a fascination with that. And then this idea of like the different voices and I, I, you know, some days I wake up and I feel more like one version of myself and then I'll live in that version for a month. And then some days I, I feel more like a different aspect of myself. And I, I never really feel like exactly the, the same person for more than a few months at a time, which I, I, I don't know if that's normal. Do you guys know? I think that's I mean, completely I normal. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to oh, put it, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. Or day to day, even. I don't right. know. Yeah, day to day, right? Yeah. Even like the clothes I choose to put on or the colors I want to wear or... The music, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a constantly evolving process and we're always like learning and growing and unless we lived inside a box, which we all are sort of right now, yeah, but true. unless we lived with no contact with the outside world, I, I think that, that we're always going to be influenced and change. And, um, I don't know, I've just always been really fascinated with this idea that like we can be pushed and pulled in different directions based on different influences and especially just even in our own minds. Right. I guess. So I, I don't know. I've always been really fascinated. Like other things I'd love to explore more or like I've been, I've always been fascinated with um, gods and goddesses and religion. I was raised in um, a Catholic school system. My family isn't super religious, but I was raised in the Catholic church just because of school. And that was sort of part of going to a Catholic school and I've always really rebelled against religion, which is so funny because until until essentially I went to college um, and left the town I grew up in and left the Catholic school system, like I was never even exposed to other religions, but I always believed in like reincarnation and spirits and past lives. And I don't even know where that came from because it wasn't like it was a, a concept that was introduced to me in any sort of way. Hmm. Um, or I was exposed to. So I've always been really fascinated with religions and just like the human search for meaning and the big questions and all that stuff. I think, you know, higher power, all that stuff. I think the stuff that comes out of my work is always the stuff that I'm grappling with personally. And I sort of make a film about it to try and figure it out. Um, which I think a lot of artists do. Um, most artists do. So 
Yeah, those seem to be my themes. I didn't really realize it until I did what you did, which was take a step back and go, wow, these are really a lot about like <laughs> death, dying, the afterlife, and inner voices. <laughs> Pretty much are the, are the recurring themes. Well, they're very so, interesting yeah. and very well done. And um, it's, yeah, it's because we actually went with our film. We, one thing kind of like Winona, like you've talked about in the past, like the fact that like, way hot it's it just is like no one no one reacts negatively no one really it's yeah that's what we wanted to do with our film in an action environment was make a film and it it was about modern day greek gods and goddesses where two women yeah. just happened to fall in love and it right. was a thing and no one even commented on it but um but yeah with your film like i and i've heard you talk about it like the the other side of it the the business side of production company and getting your films made and uh, do you enjoy that too cuz we hate that part and we are really bad at it but we like the yeah. fun of collaborating with the actors and doing the production side but we just do not have the head for that but is that something you also enjoy oh gosh i you know what i don't know if anybody likes that to be honest <laughs> <laughs> i've yet to find a producer who's like I don't want anything to do with the creative. I just want to crunch the numbers and try to get money. I mean, like it's a producing is such a like arduous, thankless job. And the people who are good producers, I'm, I have so much respect for because it is so hard to get anything made. And it, it, it is just, unfortunately, like you sort of get your, I don't know how long is the film shoot you're shooting for like maybe 20 days. So you get maybe 20 days maximum to shoot a feature film. That would be even generous. I would say 15 for an indie, like to shoot a film. So you get 15 days of like, this is what I love to do. I want to do this. And then you have like three years of bullshit around. <laughs> so you better like really make sure that those 15 days you're flying so high because they need to fuel the before the pre-production and the post hmm. and then the distribution. Like they need to fuel and you need to still be, that's I think why, I don't know. I, I think I, I always get a little bit of like the paralysis from analysis type thing going on, but <laughs> I think that's why I'm also... Um, having such a hard time figuring what to do next because I'm just too aware of how hard it is and how quickly I could possibly fall out of love with something. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing worse than trying to like sell a film that you don't love anymore. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're just burnt out. Yeah. yeah. You have to really be passionate about what you're trying to put out there to mm -hmm. do that work to get it out there. I Completely. Feel. Or, or you have to have a film where you're going to make millions of dollars. And then it's like, I always go by this rule. Um, I was a, a teacher when I was at theater school. She always said, whenever you accept a job, you're going to get two of three things. You're either going to love the people you're working with. You're going to love the project or the money is going to be really good, but mm. you're only ever going to get two. Mm. And so far she's been pretty right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're you're only ever gonna. It is so rare that you get like a a a gem that hits all three boxes, and it might hit some of them more than others. But generally, there's going to be two that are stronger. And um, I mean, it's also a thing of like, this is a business, and you know, there are people out there who are making movies just for fun, and that's amazing. But usually, they're not sustaining like their livelihood from it. Mm -hmm. And when you are, you have to make, unfortunately, some of the decisions you have to make can really stunt your creativity because you're just like, fuck, I don't want to do it that way, but I know it's going to sell better. Or I know I need to use this actor because I know they have a box office poll or I know I need to like write in this part, even though I don't want to, because I need this person to come on board to the project because they're going to trigger my funding. And if I get them, then I get this person. Like it's, it's a puzzle. It's just this constant puzzle and it's been something I've had. I have so many great friends who are producers and, and working the indie kind of movie scene and it, they just burn out. They're just like, and then most of them like have kids and start a family and go, I can't do this anymore because I'm so stressed and I'm not making any money. Um, so it's, it's a freaking hard business, man. Um, but, um, well, I think what's nice now, yeah. just the way things are, the ease of I mean, digital media. I mean, there's so many ways people can make, their own like if you don't care about being produced you know getting it out there in a mass distribution making millions of dollars you could go creatively make something um 
still have the chance and, of it going yeah. viral. That you never know. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, as opposed to back in the day when you had to have a lot of money for the film and big right. film cameras and it was all expensive. It's, um, you know, that's, Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. Your product. Well, that's there. a beautiful, that's a beautiful other thing is like all the gear is so accessible. I mean, you can make a really good looking movie on like a DSLR camera, right? Mm-hmm. Like a really great 4k film. Um, the, but the problem that also creates is that everyone's making movies and the market is so saturated. Hmm, yeah. So it's, it's just like a balance. But I, I do say like, people have asked me, what's your risk? I mean, like, I don't really, it's so generous of you guys to say like, I'm a filmmaker. I mean, I, I don't even feel like I'm really a filmmaker. I, you know, made a couple, a few films and I've produced stuff and, and I, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I feel like the, the title of filmmaker, <laughs> I, I revere it so much. Hmm. I almost don't think like I deserve to be called a filmmaker, but I appreciate it. And I, um, I just feel like it, it's such a tricky balance of finding like marketability, but your artistic integrity. And some people are like, I'm going to go make my little artistic film that fills my soul. And then I'm going to go through, do three, like, movie of the weeks to pay my mortgage. And we do that as actors. We do it as directors of as DOPs, like everybody in this business kind of, it's always that balancing act. And, um, I think a lot of times as a young artist, maybe I turned my nose up at like, Ugh, why would you want to work on that? But then when shit gets real and you're like trying to adult and <laughs> pay bills, yep. you're like, Oh, that's why. And, <laughs> You know, not looking down at any work because it's it's all in the realm of being an artist and trying to be a working a working actor, a working artist. It's, it's uh, you got to do some stuff that you're not in love with. Yeah, I would because imagine it's your job. Yeah, I'd imagine for most people, it's I don't know what the uh, except for a precious few. It's mm-hmm. most of their life's work in that business is doing stuff to pay the bills for that little bit of chance to do that dream project or that one that you exactly. really really love. Mm-hmm. So. Well, keep absolutely. That's so well said. Yeah. Well, keep doing it because I, you know, I was very impressed with I. Not that I, you know, I've made my little things, but <laughs> not that I'm some expert. Um, but I, I was very impressed with just all the the very professionalism and it was very, it was very good. I love watching your stuff. So thank you. Be That's honest. really sweet. And congratulations <laughs> on your film too. That is like no easy feat. I can't believe you did a feature. I'm terrified to make a feature. <laughs> it's. Especially living in two different states, and it was yeah, really, just trying to co- yeah. the coordination, and, and clearly you understand the um, exhaustion that comes along yes. with all that planning and all that coordination, and it, that's just yeah, it does it beat you down, and it's it's so <laughs> if you can get anything out of that, it's it's quite an accomplishment. So oh, completely, and then you still have like the person at the you know camera rental house who gives you a hard time, and you're like, you have any idea what I've gone through in the past two months? Give me the freaking thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. I hear you. But it's also like an incredibly addictive and wonderful experience. You know, once you get over and you sort of recover from the, I think for me, I made, I was producing a lot of like little indie shorts and stuff. And I think that what I did is I burnt out a little bit. Mm. Um, but, and, and, and now would, would be better equipped to step back into it. And you also learn so much. I mean, even through, I've been like, kind of pitching uh, TV show ideas and stuff this past year. I've done more, more of that, like the pitching rather than going and making the actual little short, but pitching concepts. And even that, like, even if you get a no, which I've gotten so many no's in my career, but you learn something from every experience and every time you put yourself out there and, you know, they just keep getting bigger and bigger. And so if, if you're passionate about it, and, it, and it's still fulfilling you in enough ways, then, then you do get filled up enough to keep going. Right. You just need one yes for it to work. So. <laughs> True. But do you ever feel like it's like playing the lottery? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, you just need one yes, but so does the person sitting in a diaper at the slot machine for 15 hours. <laughs> they also just need one yes. And at what point does it become ridiculous? <laughs> That is a good question. I never thought of someone in a diaper at the oh, slot machine, yeah. equipment, but you know, it's a good visual. I definitely feel like you that person a lot of the time. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I just saw my life flash. Oh, oh no. man. So what's the, mo- the, mo- <laughs> the craziest thing while working on your films that you've had to, to deal with? I remember Wendy and I were shooting an action sequence. We had multiple people there outside at this park. And then the LAPD decided to do a training exercise with their helicopter <laughs> oh, at no. a nearby hill. Oh, um, so there no. was a helicopter. Hu- 
Yes, and we, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, it was right there at the right by us. So we had to wait hours for them to finish that. Because what are you going to do? So what? What's the thing that stands out to you? That the the big thing that you've had to overcome? Oh my gosh! One time I had a park location that I had permitted through the city of Toronto. And um, something got screwed up with the dates of our permits, but they were the wrong shooting dates. And we only realized this the morning of, and we had to find and permit a new park. So I had to go to City Hall and like go to the permitting office and beg to be approved that day so we could, con- could, so we could move there in the afternoon and continue to shoot. That was that was not a fun day, hmm. but you, but it worked. Um, Did you get the permit? It worked. Oh, it worked because that sounds so, impossible. <laughs> pity on me. I think I was probably almost in tears. Oh. Um, but just because you know, like we had a grant, we had gotten this grant, and we had enough money to shoot three days, and you know, everyone was there. We had all the gear. Like it wasn't like we could reschedule it. So, um, um, and we had to move all our trucks, and but it all worked out. That was great. Um, what other disasters? I'm not, a, I'm a, I have to say like, I haven't had any, that was probably one of the worst ones. Oh my gosh. And then I think a lot of them I've just blocked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true. Cause you just got to move on. You're like, all right, you can't even think about how terrible it is at the time. You just got to no, think, how can totally. I fix this? <laughs> I mean, but like, even on Winona, even no matter how big it gets, like they're troubleshooting all the time. I remember one time our director, Ron, Murphy was saying that one time he sh- he he shot something on his iPhone that uh, like a split second shot that ended up being used <laughs> oh, because we didn't awesome. get it on the day so he like went back and like shot a quick thing in the location once he was done or like I have to get the real story from him but like shit happens all the time our things break things freeze um people get injured like you're you're always working around, which is what makes it kind of fun because it's like this crazy rock star kind of fly by the seat of your pants thing. But um, that's what I've always I mean, been. I think no matter- oh, sorry. I was just going to say that's when no, no, we've been like, making our films. The fact like I hear stories from major productions, major films, major TV shows. They have the same problems we do. Oh, yeah. Half the time. Oh, it's completely. just for they're just costing them more money. Than yeah. It <laughs> yeah. It's just problem problem solving. It's, it's always doesn't matter the Absolutely. budget. It's just problem solving all day. Yeah, you know it's a problem when the producer gets on set. And then you're like, ooh, I'm so glad I'm not the director right now. (laughs) Dad's here. We're in trouble. (laughs) Exactly. So, Kat, you have spent some time in L.A. I have spent some time in L.A., yes. Oh, my goodness. I've never been in a place that required so many helicopters. So I've lived all over L.A. I've lived in, uh, oh, yeah, I've lived in four different places in L.A. I've lived in Woodland Hills. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Which is. Uh, way out in the valley, yeah, t- about ten lovely minutes too area, far, about, and a yeah. very depressing. <laughs> oh, I was going to say about ten minutes from my house. But <laughs> never mind. <laughs> On a non-traffic day. No, I live in North Hollywood. No way. way. Okay, so I lived in West Hollywood all year. That's the spot to be. Last year, um, loved West Hollywood. It was my favorite place. Um, I've lived in Venice. Oh, wow. And I've lived in Hollywood, right near the uh, Scientology building. Oh, we used to drive by that all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've been in some good spots out here. Yeah, I've lived some really great spots out there. I love L.A. I really miss L.A. I know that it's it's so hard because it's one of those places where I feel the thing with L.A. as an actor is if you're not committed. Like, we did the back and forth thing for a lot. And while I was shooting every season of Winona except for this one. I was going back home to LA, not home to Toronto. Oh. And the oh. thing is, it just, it, it, LA is a place where, in my experience anyways, if you're not committed to being there, like at least three to five years, you're just not giving yourself, and like I'm saying, I'm talking full time because this whole thing, like the film industry doesn't have a pilot season anymore. Like sort of a little bit, February, March, April gets busy. And traditionally the pilot season, you guys probably know because you work in film, but traditionally pilot season was like the only time to get a, a new job as an actor. So everyone would come down from Australia and England and Canada and like all over the place would come to LA to audition during pilot season. But now because of all the streaming services, so you would shoot like, a, you would book a pilot, you would shoot the pilot, 
the pilot would go to the network, and if they approved the show, you would shoot the rest of the show over the summer, and it would air in the fall. Right. And that was sort of like the cycle. Or it would air in the winter, and then the whole thing would start again. Um, so, um, But now with all the streaming service, we don't really have as defined of a pilot season and more and more of these major networks are going to go onto their own streaming service. Like we've watched Disney just do it. Um, we've watched like, I mean, even Hallmark has their own streaming service right. now. So it's, it's all going that way. And so we don't have the seasons anymore. So especially now I feel like if you're not committed to being full-time in LA for at least three to five years, that's like a genuine shot at LA. But for me, it's just like, kept getting pulled back to Canada because there's so much amazing work going on in Canada. Mm. And I'm such a Canadian, like my, <laughs> my sensibilities, my culture, like I'm, I'm, I'm a typical overly polite Canadian. <laughs> like it's just the way I am. Yeah. It's never going to change. I mean, even Ray, because Ray spent so much more time in LA than I did. He's like, Oh my God, you're so Canadian because he's much more used to being around Americans, but there is a cultural difference. And I think for me, just, Canada will always be home, even though I love LA mm. and I love the smaller community. Like I love that I step onto a set and I know a bunch of the crew or, you know, I'm seeing my friends are coming on set and they're acting. It's, it's such an amazing feeling. And I think we produce such incredible work in Canada and we don't give ourselves enough credit for it, especially because we're really a service industry. So a lot of stuff we have is American stuff that comes up to shoot here and no one even knows it's Canadian, but or it's shot in Canada, but I think um, I just keep getting pulled back here. It just seems like uh, it just for work and stuff. It, it's just making more sense for me to be in Canada, um, but I miss LA a lot. I miss the beautiful sunshine. So my part, my... no, go ahead. Please. No, that's it. I, I've rambled. Way <laughs> no, you've not. Stop please saying that. Come in. Please uh, say something. So my partner, she's an editor. She is from Toronto. She, oh, really? she moved to LA 15 years ago and she has hated it ever since. <laughs> she loves no the work. Way. She came here for the work. She's and she's working and you know, she gets a lot of gigs, but she cannot wait to take me back to Toronto with her. Um, so really? She, so when's that going to happen? It's a good question, Kat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she would probably really like to any know. day now if Leah had her way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it really just depends. Like she's, you know, she came out here to work and she's what, you know, interesting to hear you say as an actor, there's lots of work in, in Canada and Toronto for you, for her, because she doesn't have the same network. She'd be going back to Toronto and kind of starting over. <clears throat> oh, completely. Yeah. So I she, totally get it. Yeah. So it's a question mark when, when the move would happen, but uh, it's, you know, on her, on our first date, she was very clear. <laughs> I am moving back one day. And if that's a problem, then we should call the night. But you know, so wow. yeah. it's, it was only, thir like it was only 13 years ago. I don't have a choice cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's true. It's true. Uh, you don't. Like, would you would you do it begrudgingly, or would there be a tiny party? Like, have you spent much time in Toronto? I've spent a lot of time in Toronto, and I love it. It's a great city. Okay. We have, she has a lot of great friends there that are my friends now. Um, so no, it's a great city. It's it's you know compared to LA, it's it's clean. It's a lot more diverse, which is uh, I, I wouldn't think to say that, but because it's more integrated, I guess LA mm. it feels like everybody kind of sticks to their side of the their side of the town but it seems like in toronto there's just all types of people mingling together all the time yeah like the thought yeah. of getting to west hollywood from here from north hollywood it's like oh man forget that's it a <laughs> <laughs> that's a trip uh, but no i'll be i'll be happy to move to toronto it's a beautiful city yeah 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 well i mean i get it though i still fantasize about california <laughs> i mean my gosh it's it's so seductive that's the thing with california it's like a siren it just it's so beautiful. The food is so great. There's so much fun culture. It's such an alive city like Los Angeles, but even California. I mean, I've driven the coast. I've done like I've driven from LAX all the way up to San Francisco. Like, that drive is incredible. It's a beautiful the drive. Stops along the way. It, it just. I will warn you, uh -oh. and we we we'd welcome you with open arms in Canada, but there is no beauty like California. Hmm. I will say that. I cannot it, wait just... for Leah to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But, but, it's, but it's incredible in, in different ways. But, like, I'm going to tell you that in February, March, 
you're not going to be happy about your decision. Yeah. But in May, June, you're going to live life. You're going to go to the cottage and tap maple trees in the fall <laughs> and snowshoe and be a Mountie and do all the things that will make you Canadian and it will be fine. You're making it sound but, I mean, listen, there's no perfect situation. It's I, I love both places. And I miss the other when, you know, like when I'm in LA, I miss Canada, when I'm in, when I'm in Toronto and when I miss, I miss LA and you know, mm-hmm. vice versa. So I'm sorry that you're in, in that predicament of having, where, where did you grow up? I grew up here. I'm, I'm from Southern California. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's wow. a rare bird. There's not many people. There's three, there's three of I us. I better not say anything else because. She's going to kill me. I feel like we've taken more more than enough of your time. I, I, I know that we could keep going, but I don't want to keep you. Oh, thank you guys so much. This was so fun. It was lovely to chat with you. Uh, and listen, I, I, you know, we cannot thank you enough. Uh, this has been oh, a, a pleasure. huge pleasure for us. And I think for fans of the show and of you and of our listeners to hear your voice, uh, may, hopefully this past hour has given everybody a little break from what's going on outside in the world. So thank you on behalf of everybody for, for what you do and giving us, uh, giving us something to look forward to. Oh man! Well, thank you guys for for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm I'm so happy that we could spend some time together, just having a fun chat. It was really lovely. So thank you, thank you, Kat. Thanks, Kat. Give our love to Bernie. Yes, <laughs> and to Ray. I yeah. will. I will. You guys take care. Bye, guys. So that happened. Did it? I, I, <laughs> did you dream it, Kat? I'm I'm not sure. I may have. I don't know. That was a little too good to be true. She was very cool. She was very. I, there are so many other questions. I feel like we could, you know. But at some point, you got to stop. We could have gone for two hours with that thing. She's we so could've. fun she's to talk lovely. to. She's yeah. She's great. What do you, I mean? What are you gonna say? Like she's amazing. There are no words. There are no words, <laughs> Tara. <laughs> I need a thesaurus. We're gonna keep going because. <laughs> Yeah, well, but honestly, like, what a great honor for, uh, to have her on, and she was so gracious and so sweet, and yeah, we are we are very fortunate that we got to spend so much time with her. Yeah, she was she was cool. She was she cool. Was cool. Well, I know, and I feel like we're all kind of drained from like that was really awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope that you enjoyed Not it because as, we are yeah. bored because we're so excited. Oh, yeah, we did that. Exhausting. Then, uh, you get the high. It does man. take a lot now out. It's yeah. like yeah, I'm just here with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's oh. a letdown now. That's what I'm saying. Like us. now, everything is just going to be like boring. <laughs> hey, now. No, sorry. No, <laughs> you guys are great. Thank yeah. you. So, Tara, if someone wanted to reach out to us and maybe find us on Instagram. How would someone do that? Well, on the Instagram and the Facebook, they can go to at She Nerds Out Podcast. That's pretty great. I mean, Wendy, what about Twitter? On the Twitter, <laughs> you can find us at at snopodcast.com with one or e. not dot com. <laughs> I always mess this up. At S-N-O for She Nerds Out Podcast. Very clear. That's excellent. <laughs> one of these days I'll get it right. And if you want to send us an email, you can send that to SheNerdsOut at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. You can rate us and you can also subscribe to our podcast and that way you won't miss any great She Nerd content that we have coming up. Yeah. Thank That's you for joining us and thank you, Cat. Yes. You, Cat, and other Cat. And oh, thank that you. was just wonderful. It was amazing. That was, it was so nice to hear her voice. And again, like that's, you know, a good way to spend an hour and not think about what's going on out oh, there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just can't. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Cat's brain's still scrambled. <laughs> Understandably. <laughs> no words. No words. All right. Until next time, she nerds out. She nerds out. We're girls that like girls that like nerdy things.